on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Welcome to this extravagant event tonight, where we have two competitors facing off in heated Battle Dome. We have Derek McCaw, the Battler of Death, facing Rick the Rocker Brett Schneider in the Thunderdome of Battle Dome. It's... Huh? Juan. What? Huh? You're asleep, dude. Oh. Wake up. It's time for the show. Oh, all right. Call Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here's your host, Mel Gibson, Derek McCall. No, 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 no. Who is the master of Zorlock Town? See? There you go. See, in my image of that whole scene, Derek's on your shoulders. We are Master Blaster. That's anyway. it exactly. <laughs> I'm just looking for my camels. Orlock, Zorlock. Uh, this is that was a strange reference to German expressionist cinema. All right, so well, Mario is here. Yeah, I know. Okay. And that was just for you, Mario, <laughs> and the one other person Ooh. in the United States that might get that. All right, this is we Derek McCaw, <laughs> and we will find you. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, <laughs> and we are, of course, podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games. I had the weirdest dream that you did and you Rick sure were did. fighting or something. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah I I've think had that, that was a dream, a recurring dream. That was. Yeah. I had too many cupcakes. There you go. Anyway, uh, of course, that's my. I've been fabulously announced by Mister Lon. Uh, Buffer Lopez. Oh, the, oh Buffer. Wow, okay. Get it? The fight announcer, Buffer. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. okay. I get it now. And of course, we'll have <laughs> He's a, all, oh, I get it. We, we have no, a, I get it now. Yes, we have a, I was thinking you were a buffer between Rick and myself. Oh, that could work too. See, yeah. soft See it works on a lot yeah. of levels. It does. It's brilliant. We're very you know, complex you know, on this show. Always, I, I never give him credit for the depth. Yeah. You have to watch, you have to listen to the podcast twice to get half of what Lon's going Indeed. Wow. Indeed. We are like the watchmen of Wait podcasts. Till next season. <laughs> I'm kind of like an idiot <laughs> savant. Just wait, just wait until next season when we do flash forward. <laughs> right. And of course, uh, that was commentary from, uh, we are honored again. I think, does it make twice in one month? No. But twice in two months. Close. There you go. Yes. We have, well, to say. The bi-monthly. Mario Anima. Yeah, that's the, the whole gig. You say your own name. The bi-monthly. Oh, gotcha. Mario Anima, indeed. <laughs> we will have occasional comments from just back from a vacation. Michael Goodson. Yeah. Hi. And, of course, Moral Compass, sound engineer. Mel Gibson. Thank God like. you're back. And bare-knuckle boxer. Rick Brett Snyder. Who could, Debbie, bare take knuckle me Brett in a Snyder. fight? No question. <laughs> if go. that's how you got to play it, that's how you got to play it. Okay, that one's for the lovely Mrs. B. Do you guys All have right. like an Indian strap match where you're tied to each other and you have to fight? Or See, oh, I, I was would... thinking the Muay Thai, like dip the fists in glass. No, we, I think uh, with these two, it has, to be the, it has to be the Star Trek battle battle truncheons. Fire quad moves on the old man. All right, so uh, <laughs> we're from... That? 
Can we just okay before we go on? <laughs> that has to be your Christmas card, like for next year. You and Rick dressed up like Kirk and Spock, <laughs> like holding Spock. the truncheons. Oh, I see. So Rick's gone into Pond Far. Okay, uh, I'm that in a perpetual be, state of Pond Far. I know. Or that should be our next flyer. That should okay. be that'd okay. be awesome. Yeah. Yes. All right, we're done with the we're, we're, we're done. done with the Catholic. No more hot roast. women. Just, <laughs> just you guys in a battle to the death <laughs> with that great. Uh, Ripped shirt and that stream of blood. Yeah. One of us yes. must kill each other because if not, they will kill it. What does he say? I forget. Yeah. I, I have to watch that now. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, we are podcasting from Elusive Comics Games 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. It is Wednesday, March 11th. We are happy to have Rick back. And we got some comics news. We got some movie news. We got some TV. Obviously, if we have Mario here, that means we're lost. lost. Wow. <laughs> he does his own song. That saved me so Do much that again. time. We're lost. Oh. Okay, now it's just overkill. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, um, and we're going to do a little freeform tonight. Usually we kind of go over the outline and we have it written out. Not tonight. Oh, no. Oh, no. Derek kind of just walked up. His hair was all mussed up. It, he, I, it was a long day. Tucking in his shirt. I'm sorry. You know. What? Um, I, I want to say up top, of course, that we reviewed a comic a couple weeks ago sent to us by J.M. DeMatteis, and it's funny, he hit the stands this week, so uh, The Life yep. and Times of Savior 28. Uh, issue 1. Issue 1. Didn't say one shot on um, it. But I, it still feels like a one. Did okay. you read it? I didn't. Oh, it still felt like a one shot to me, but maybe it goes on. But I want to, again, recommend it as a good kind of offbeat read, especially I guess timing in after Watchmen where people might come in looking for offbeat reads. Sure. Uh in fact, DC has released in the end of the we can't tick off Alan Moore anymore anyway. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they've got uh, a huge marketing scheme this week called After Watchmen, What's Next? So this is the week you could actually go up to the stand and get <coughs> a reprint of Swamp Thing number 21, which was, I believe, the anatomy lesson. Not actually Alan Moore's first issue on Swamp mm-hmm. Thing. Most people think it is, but it, it, he actually had to wrap up the previous storyline in the issue before and get Swamp Thing into this classic anatomy lesson, which changed everything for Swamp Thing. It made us wonder, who is this Alan Moore fellow anyway? Okay, but I have a question. Sure now, this, this is just shrill marketing. This, that's great. But, I mean, did Alan, did everything Alan Moore wrote, write, touch, or turn to gold or what? I mean, yes, they're basically... Y- yes. But this isn't just all Alan Moore, though, right? This yes. is not. Actually, this is really good. What This, this is a free guide you can pick up at... at Finer comic book stores everywhere, like Elusive Comics Games. Uh, and well, let's let's describe it. It's free, and it's got the Watchmen clock, the, the clock on it. Clock with so you know stain. people are going to pick it up. Yeah, exactly. So it's very canny. A lot of the books in here featured are indeed checklist on the back. Oh, excellent! Yeah. Is there ahead. a Tijuana right. Bible in there? There is not a Tijuana oh. Bible, but many of these are written by by uh, Alan Moore. So let's go with actually. It is in alphabetical order on the back. I, I don't think it's in alphabetical order in the book itself. I think they go with, what did Alan Moore write first? Yes, indeed. For the first one listed is V for Vendetta. Yeah. That was his first book? Or is uh, that his well, first big actually, book? Uh, v for Vendetta was being published, serialized in eight-page form uh, weekly mm-hmm. in Warrior Wait, magazine. when did Miracle Man come? Before or after that? They were, they were simultaneous. Yeah. V for oh. Vendetta and, and Marvel Man at the time in, in, in England in, oh, right. in Warrior Magazine, which then went defunct. <laughs> Uh, what is it? Eclipse Comics picked up Marvel Man, changed it to Miracle Man, right. and DC uh, asked Alan Moore and uh, David Lloyd to finish 
the unfinished um, V for Vendetta, v for, Vendetta mm-hmm. for American publication. Mm. As so, a miniseries of comics. Yes, yes. Uh, I think it was 10 issues initially, and now it's a great trade paperback, yep. which I'm currently teaching, and it's the first book all year that the seniors have gone, wow, I really like this one. Uh-huh, yeah. Because <laughs> it has pictures. It has pictures. No, they're actually, like, getting the depth and, like, how many, you know, the wordplay. And although it's kind of interesting because on the heels of Watchmen coming out, noticing how... Uh, a lot of themes keep repeating. Do they get uh, Padme, Padme mixed up with uh, V? No, I haven't started showing the movie yet. Okay. Uh, to them, Evie they is an underage child, uh, is an underage prostitute. Okay. So. Oh, and we just and uh, Michael Hinson's back. <laughs> what? I was playing. I was playing to the cheap seats. Have you read V for Vendetta yet, Michael? No. No, you had seen the film. Correct. Heard, in fact, of the year 1984. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's a mythical. Place. He remembers parts of it. Uh, no, no, he did not read 1984. That was the confession. No, the year. After we, oh, the year. <laughs> yes, uh, that was a good year for you, weren't you? Yes. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, read it. Anyway, so Beaver Vendetta is the first of the book. But let's just go in the alphabetical order. All Star Superman Volume One. Excellent book. I uh, only read the first one. Okay. Well, okay. but now both both are both available. editions are out right so, now. So the, the second complete. one's out in hardback. It's great. All Star Superman is excellent. Yeah. If you are, even if you're not a Superman, that is like the ultimate Superman story. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, Batman: Arkham Asylum, the Grant Morrison, Dave McKeon. Don't remember if I like that. To find a lot of what goes on in Batman today, uh, absolutely. True. Yeah, and it's hard to comprehend. <laughs> You're just saying that knee-jerkedly because Grant Morrison wrote like it. it. It's kind of like the guy. It's actually one. Of, it's like having for, Statler and Waldorf in one man. At in number seven, he's going to say, "You kids, get off my lawns." <laughs> no, he's the audience member that's sitting, you know, yelling there from the okay. crowd. Yeah. Now it's interesting because that is one that definitely um, I know a lot of comic book stores have been saying. If you like Batman, this is a nice. And because it's, it's a, a tough video, read. There's a video game coming. Yeah, yeah. That's actually been the reaction from our archivist Stephanie Rodriguez. She was in the hallway at Notre Dame. Reading it one day, and she I'm looked crying. up, and, and she, yeah, she's like, "I didn't expect this yeah. to be so intense, yeah. and, and it's dirty." And oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I forgot that. Huh? It's been a way long to go, time. Derek. I didn't. Uh, I didn't Oops. recommend it. Have a read the prose. <laughs> that was someone at a at another comic book shop. Have a read the pro the ah. recent prose Batman story. With oh no, broker. just have her read the pro. Oh, that's a good one. I concur. (laughs) There's a recommendation outside of DC's purview. Stephanie, you're legal now, so just tread lightly. That's all I'm saying. What's next? Batman The Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Frank Miller, yeah, absolutely. The quintessential Batman story. Unless it would be Batman The Killing Joke. Right. The quintessential Joker Joker story. story. Which is by Alan Moore and Brian Bullen. And again, defines the relationship between the two. Oh, absolutely. A lot of what happened in the film, The Dark Knight, is definitely out of what Alan Moore did with the Joker there. Ex Machina, Volume 1, The First Hundred Days. Yeah. Eh. I'm not a lover like everybody else is. You're not? No. Hmm. I think uh, that's definitely off the beaten path. If it's someone who liked the... It's a good, solid story. Even if they couldn't uh, articulate that they liked the deconstruction of superheroes in Watchmen... That's what Ex Machina really is. It's it's a superhero book for people that don't like superheroes. They prefer them to have the powers but not actually wear the costumes. That kind so it's of basically the precursor to Heroes, the TV show. Yeah, I would say there's some element to that. Hmm. Yeah, especially the Absolutely. political aspects of it. Not behind well, that. I, yeah. yeah. And, de- and I think it deals with the politics in an interesting way. I've always thought, uh, there's Brian K. Vaughn uh, as the writer of that. Yeah. 
that uh, it's no a, Y the last man on there. It's or? there. Mm. We're in alphabetical order. You may. I thought you you were stopping. You, no, you no, said no it I, I went back to the back <laughs> and went to the alphabetical order. In which case, uh, Y would come before B. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Just saying, what I love it? it when you guys talk shop. This should really be a, 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 a this should really be a vodcast, uh, so we can see that look I, I of just. I, yeah, I know. I, I said I thought you were done. I know. <laughs> Fables, Volume One, Legends in Exile. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. At Say this, it. Don't spray it. At this store, the greatest gateway drug that comic book comic books have. It's awesome. Was that Fables Clearly or it. Gateway Drug that got you? <laughs> <laughs> You choose. Hey, <laughs> okay. Michael really likes his eye touch. Right? Want to touch it? No. Um, that got you in jail last time. <laughs> We're out of Funyuns. <laughs> Fly by night to Mountain Dew. Okay. Um, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> This really is the one that should have been videoed. Some the look on Lon's face. Again, some people crisis. get it and some people are Lon. Uh, identity <laughs> crisis. Now, I wonder about that one mm. as a, if you've walked in. No, I would say no to that one. I, as much as I enjoy identity crisis. You have to know Justice League kind of history I on that one to you, enjoy. You absolutely need to know Justice League. It's a very really? different, different type of superhero. When the story. main killer is somebody Although, like. But I would say don't give it away in I case won't. somebody hasn't. Yeah. But I, I would like to flash back to identity crisis number one. I was over at a young man's uh, condo. I don't want to know. His name was Michael Goodson. That's me. I was, I was uh, in a brief. Disrobing. A brief spate of being unemployed. And that's why I was over there. It was disrobing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd gotten, <laughs> I got your money. Somehow. I got an identity crisis number one, and I read it. And then I said, "Michael, you got to read this." So he's drinking his Mountain Dew. I believe that was the summer we were trying to get you that Xbox. The Mount. We did. We did. <laughs> we got it. Uh, well, a couple, you know, an unemployed guy and a guy in grad school, and we're just drinking soda, trying to earn him an Xbox. Um, and uh, so I read it, and I loved. It. And I remember this: is you looked up, and you didn't know who the, who the characters were, and you look up, and you would like a little tear in your eye. Not Sue! <laughs> and before he'd opened that book, he had no idea who Sue Dibney yeah, was. Yeah. But Brad Meltzer did such a... Did yeah. you have an idea? I did, too. I started reading uh, DC Comics in 97, so I believe that came a little later. You knew who Sue Dibney was? Uh, she had not been explored, really, as a, like a main character in anything I'd read. It was part of a Justice League that had well, she broken was, up. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you've seen references to her. And everybody else in that, sh- people should know if they have any kind of superficial contact mm-hmm. with the DC universe. You know. No, okay. But not, Sue, Sue was a surprise because I knew that she was just one of those sort of untouchable yeah. life characters. But Brad Meltzer yeah. had set that up so beautifully that even well, if they were like the thin, thin man and wife of the DC universe. Like they were, yeah, yeah. The Ast- and I, mean, I had the, been a fan of Meltzer at that point because he'd written the uh, Green Arrow thing the, too. The, before, the great yeah. Green Arrow. Uh, what was that? Quiver? No, no, no. The Quiver was the Quiver was Smith. was Kevin Smith's. Yeah. Uh, what the Archer's Quest? Yeah, Archer's Quest. Yeah, yeah, which is not here, but that would be a great one. Well, you know, just one more thing on Identity Crisis. Um, you know, there without giving too much away to anybody that hasn't read it, um, there are some correlations with the way that this story unfolds and sort of the secret that must remain secret for you know certain reasons. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, like there, I could definitely see why There's it's on the list. There's something a different tone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar. Tone I wouldn't recommend it for newbies no, to the I, genre. So 
Mm. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from, but I think that thematically there is something. It's an excellent you know. book. Oh, it's, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm oh, just no, saying. No, no, no. Yeah, just yeah. whether or not it would be something you would recommend. To it's an excellent book that takes characters where they've never gone before. Yeah. And yeah. That's so in order to really refreshing. enjoy the ride, you really should have that sort of pre-existing. You need a little but here's, a little bit, here's yeah. my issue with that, though, too. The Justice, uh, Do we want to see the Justice League go to the dark corner? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of one of those things where maybe I didn't want to see the Dr. Light scene. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not that I had a problem with it, but it was just one of those things where... How did you feel about him ultimately be tur- uh, turning into a candle and being melted by the specter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. It was in there? No, it, just ha- no, it happened later. Yeah, I just don't like... Because then... Because the, uh, basically Identity Crisis turned a lot of things back. You know, basically, you know, turning the stuff with Barry Allen and The Flash and, you know... And all this other stuff. And it was really kind of like, if you go read those comics, and I've been going doing a lot of back reading lately, those were fun times where the characters were just, you know, fighting crime and saving the world and doing everything. It's like, why are we yeah. going to turn back and let's look at the, you know, yeah. it's like well, almost it did, like it did kind of looking the at the dark corners of events. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it and it's did, like, don't but, darken but my, it was my memories. Giving, it was giving subtext, which I think in Archer's Quest, Bad Meltzer was really good at, you know, because it certainly gave a subtext to. Uh, Oliver Queen's uh, character. Once you knew the the secret at the end of of Archer's Quest, yeah, but but at the same time, though, Oliver Queen is more of a complex character who was always kind of riding that, towing that line between the the real world and and the uh, mm-hmm. you know he was the one who was was uh, bridging the real world with Green Lantern, where he's you know look you know my partner's on speed or whatever you know or whatever. So yeah, I yeah, don't. yeah if ever don't yeah. Don't like name your sidekick uh, <coughs> marijuana e or uh, <laughs> buddy smacky cokey <laughs> cracky PCP e nose candy <laughs> nose candy. <laughs> All right, which superhero? Now you got to come up with this. No. Which superhero <laughs> yes. has the sidekick nose candy? Nose candy. <laughs> I don't know. There's be Ralph Dibney because the nose would come out and find candy. The sniffer. The sniffer and nose candy. Yeah. Okay, maybe. <laughs> I was I was hoping for something more brilliant from you. Go back to your eye touch. All right. Uh, the next one they mentioned is Joker, the left. Brian Azzarello Lee Bermejo graphic novel that, that just one. came out uh, like three or four months Wait, what ago. What was this? Wait, isn't that the company Laverne and Shirley worked for? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Azzarello. It's a kind of a creepy Joker. On yeah, the it's a very street level um, Gotham villain thing, and. In a lot of ways, is kind of setting up like what would the move? What would if you had like Killer Croc in the Christopher Nolan universe of the Dark Knight? What would he look like? Yeah, that one. Mm. That one feels like it's on there because it's a recent book rather than uh, the, a classic. Because they, cause they yeah. got a lot of hard hard covers in the uh, yeah. in the warehouse. I yeah. agree with Rick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. You're like David Lynch guest starring in Twin Peaks, the guy who's... <laughs> Can you give us a weather of... update? Yeah, um... <laughs> Mostly cloudy! <laughs> ah, but what kind of clouds? Kingdom Come! Yes! Mark totally. Wade and yep. Alex Ross. Yeah, absolutely. Do you need... Is that okay for a newbie? I think well, it's a here's great the thing. story. It's hard for a newbie, but I've actually given it to my newbie friends to read. And I think the art, if anything... And by the way, let me say, all of you listening, you should be making newbie friends so you have... New people, people to send give things, things to. to yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, I think as we get older, aren't we kind of being the archivists now? We're we're all, we're buying trades now to give to newbies. You know what I mean? It's like well, I we had, are the keeper I, of the of the genre. You know, I did indeed have a, a boy uh, from another high school. Did you just say you had a boy in the musical? Oh, okay. And he came up to me and said, "Mr. McCaw, have you read Arkham Asylum?" 
And I said, I have the first printing. And there was just Wait a like minute. This. Are you one of those teachers that doesn't let them call you by the first name? You're not no, the I'm cool not teacher. To. Oh, okay. I'm not allowed to. That is school policy. You're like, hey, kid, call me Derek. It's cool. <laughs> no, he's not that guy. Okay, no. good. Yeah, good, because I hate those guys. Call me Buck. Mm. Call me Sparky. He says, call me Lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, um, I'm going butch. to call you Nose that was a, That was a brief sixth grade thing, because Buck Rogers, I wanted to be called right. Buck. There. Now, have you read the recent Justice Society arc? Yes. That ties into? With a sequel to Thy Kingdom Come. And yeah. I just finished that, literally, I just finished the, the last, like, eight issues that I'd banked up um, uh, Monday. So, what do you think about that as a postscript follow-up? Uh, I thought it was okay, but I was okay with The Kingdom, with Mark Wade's, you know, because it yeah. really felt like Mark Wade did his sequel and Alex Ross did his, and yeah. they were both fine. Yeah. If I can say at this juncture in a complete stream of conscious way, what follows is, um, and I love this, undoing everything Judd Winnick did with Shazam. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I am so thrilled. Even as I'm confused as all heck as to what Jeff Johns is doing in Green Lantern right now, with all the different colored cores and stuff, it's like that's literally scattered. But the fact that he's actually saving Shazam for me is like, okay, I'll stick with the Green Lantern thing. I'll go with it because you saved Shazam. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, my hero. My hero. Absolutely. And he's doing it in a very logical way and, bring, and you know, bringing back Black Adam, bringing back Isis. Yeah. And, uh, and the Mary Marvel thing that's going to be the redemption of Mary Marvel, which I was un- unhappy with. You know, that whole dark Mary dark thing. Mary. Yeah, and that haircut yeah see, everybody's awful. just got to go dark. No, I'm tired of it. Yeah, so I'm that's clearly where they're too. going to is the Justice Society is going to stand for hope again. Be nice. Yeah. Like Obama? Yes. Okay. So Kingdom Come, you think it's it? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Volume 1. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Alan Definitely. Moore again. Yes. 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 Woefully under, uh, underproduced is the movie. I, I like, as I, I like to call it, LXG. Somebody said, you know, that would, I think it was on the. The, the AV club for the onion said that's going to make a great movie someday. Mm. Yeah. Someday. It, it could have. <laughs> you know what? Oh, I heard my. weird casting. I don't know if it was this, this, this talk or rumored, but they were talking about revisiting the quarter main character, like in a new movie franchise or something. Mm-hmm. And then mentioned, and I don't, I don't know the actor's name, a movie called she and uh, King yeah, Solomon's Mines and, and Alan Quatermain and the No, but I said revisiting. Yes, re- yeah. yes. So uh, they, th- Colonel Ty from Battlestar Galactica. Who? Oh, that guy. Huh? As Alan <laughs> Quatermain. Old is a well. Is Alan Quatermain that old in those novels? Well, maybe it? in the League of Extraordinary Gen- You know, maybe yeah, that's what they were talking about. Because and I sat there and I went, "That guy's perfect for that role." Like a total. Because Richard Chamberlain played him in the Canon films with Sharon Oh, really? Stone. Yes. Hi, I, saw both I thought he was actually Richard pretty good. Richard Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're implying he's gay. I'm Alan Don't Quarterman. look at me. I'm not implying it. He is gay. He's out. He, uh, it's okay, but there's nothing fey about it. Gives Thornbirds a whole yeah. new meaning. You know what I no, mean? No, so. and he was an awesome uh, Aramis uh, mm-hmm. in Three Musketeers and Four Musketeers. I bet. Uh, yeah, well, you ought to watch that I movie. I bet he someday. got his Musketeers. Yeah. Those are great movies. Those too. are great movies. Richard Lester. Um, Rocco Welch. Mm. Yes. Mia Fair. Oh, okay, sorry, I went too far. Uh, Are we done with this freaking list yet, or no. what? How long is it? Jeez. It's longer than your attention span. The... It's seven pages. Planetary, book one, all over the world and other stories. Great Just a yeah. love series. Not, I like it. At any point, what I notice as I'm looking at but this, okay. and as I'm thinking, Planetary is a good coupling with League because yeah. of all the references it the makes. It, yeah. One makes Victorian style references, the other one makes more modern. Uh, Here's one that's going to make Michael uh, yell, Great choice. 
Preacher Volume 1, Gone to Texas. <laughs> Great yes. choice. Yes. Okay. I like it, too. <laughs> uh, Ronan. Frank yeah, Miller's Ronin. I haven't read it in a while. It's a little Does distended. it hold up? I, I, I remember reading it originally when it, was, when it was serialized in the individual issues. I recently went back to the uh, graphic novel, and it, it drags a little. Yeah. Bit. But at the risk of pushing Frank Miller's ego into uh, being uh, its own orbit, makes it, is I, could, I really want to see a Ronin movie. Do you want to see yeah. Frank Miller's Ronin, though? No. Okay. That's no, but I do want to see a movie version yeah. of that. Because you know <laughs> that's what they're going to call it. Frank I know. Miller's I know. Well, that's, Although that's... actually after Frank Miller's The Spirit, mm, yeah. not so much. Okay. Apparently he's lost some cred. Uh, oh, really? oh, how quickly they turn. Oh, they how do. quickly they forget RoboCop 2. Anyways. Oh, how quickly we comic book fans realized it ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been drinking? No. Okay. Can I sniff this bottle? Yeah, we can please. Yes. <laughs> That's no, wait. Not before a you go on, <laughs> I want to pose a challenge to the panel before you finish. Yeah. Because this is entirely DC. I was going to ask the same challenge. Okay. Go so ahead. I want the panel to come up with at least one or two Marvel collections that they would recommend to a newbie, just so we're fair and balanced. So continue. You mean right now? No. no, no, no. Okay, I'm posing that to I you, and now he'll finish the list. Hands. I, so I, then, they, when we're done, saga of the swamp thing, which I assume isn't really one graphic novel, that'd be all of Alan Moore's work on there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Sandman, Volume One: Preludes and Nocturnes. That's the guy who fights Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Neil Gaiman took him and took him in a whole new direction. <laughs> ah. Okay. Um, that's a DC book, though. It's a weird crossover. Superman: Red Sun. The Mark Miller. Never read it. So interesting. Superman, it's an interesting twist. It's the one where if Superman had landed in Russia. Yeah. 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 We three. By Grant Morrison. God, it's hard to understand. No, it's not. <laughs> that is so simple. It's brilliant. Okay. Submit. <laughs> Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Who is the master of Zorlock Town? <laughs> you are. Thank you. <laughs> now, Forlorn, Why the Last Man, Volume 1, Unmanned. Yeah. That, that first trade I didn't know. That was... <laughs> We're an building up for you an that's epic build. Get. An epic build, too. No, I, I, eh. I was, was guessing it was on the list. That's yeah, all it was. Okay. It's like, it's, but it's introduction to the series, really. Yeah, you got I don't know how I felt that's about why, it, though. It's a great choice. That's why I'd also say the Sandman. They throw in the Preludes and Nocturnes, which really isn't the one that made everybody go, no. oh, my God, this yeah. is really first, yeah. The first couple of issues, you're going, the, what the? Yeah. It's very tied into DC yeah. continuity. So it's going to be about another Sandman, the mask. and Yeah, yeah. So, Okay, so now... Uh, Lon's challenge. The only, reason, the only reason I issue the challenge is because I had a friend who just finished Watchmen and sent the email and pretty much gave us the same thing. You guys are comic fans. Recommend me some good ones. I've got and, a couple. Okay. I, so it, let's look at the Marvel one. I would say, and I don't even know if it's in print, but the actual, the one X-Men graphic novel actually written to God be a graphic kills. novel, God Loves, Man Kills. Yeah, yeah. 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 Chris Claremont and Brent Anderson. And the thing was, Marvel was doing graphic novels as first edi- first edition mm-hmm. graphic one novels. As one shot, yeah. and they called them and, graphic novels. And they yeah. were oversized and uh-huh. not not terribly thick, but um, but no, they well, were, well, they they were glossier paper page specials. And, yeah. What know? came yeah. first, though? God Love Man Kills or Death of Captain Marvel? I think Death of they, Captain, Captain Marvel was number one. Yeah. Uh, God Loves Man Kills was graphic novel number five. Mm. Yeah, okay. I had the first twelve. I I, I seriously stopped when they. They graphic noveled Dazzler the movie. Yes. I wow. saw that. So I'd like to say in an interview with uh, Vice President in Charge of Creative Affairs at DC, Gregory Novak, uh, he admitted that uh, 
He's a big Dazzler fan. So, you know, yeah. there's, one for, there's one in every crowd. Watch for that movie. The thing about the, those, though, there were a couple of bright spots. Like, you just identified God Loves Man Kills. That was a, that was a big watermark for X-Men stories. And a lot of them were just like toss-off stories. There was a Doctor Strange. Well, and one of the one things with that one was because yeah. it was also the first story where they they floated that maybe Magneto had a point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it really made you actually feel sympathy for Magneto yeah, was, the first time. There was a good story there with good yeah. characterization. I was thinking about um, the uh, of the ones that are collected issues. Mm-hmm. The the scroll keep pre-war. The Kree scroll war. Kree scroll war. Is yeah. that the way? Yeah. yeah. That one um, is a great. A great epic story From that the takes 60s. the Avengers and and moves them along. And um, what was the other one I was going to mention? Ah, I can't remember now. I, can I jump on the X Men bandwagon? If I was going to recommend, you know, if people are like, oh, I like the X Men movies, what what trade should I read? I remember one of the first, my first introductions to the X Men was the Dark Phoenix Saga trade paperback, mm-hmm. uh-huh. which was you know the classic Claremont and Byrne. Yeah kind of collaboration, yeah. and it's where you pretty much don't have to know who the X-Men are. They explain it all in this thing. They go through this crazy arc, and, you know, it ends with the Dark Phoenix saga, and it's amazing, an amazing collection for, you know, any introduction to, you know, why, why, do you, why, are, this, why are the X-Men so popular? Why do you guys like X-Men? Read this book, because this just basically yeah. puts it all right there. So that would be one of my yeah. first ones. So yeah. did you come up with yours yet? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hoping this was a graphic novel. It was certainly, I think it, I've seen it as a graphic novel. It was the Doctor Strange run done by John Brunner, where Strange encounters all the Lovecraftian gods. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. Weird. I don't know if that's available as a trade paperback. I think that is. For a little more mainstream, though, how about just, how about just Marvels with uh, Alex Ross Marvels, and uh, yeah. Kurt yeah. Busiek? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so those are a couple good, you know, mm-hmm. collections. Planet Hulk. Mm. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Definitely. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, Planet Hulk, which is well hands down my favorite. Um, yeah, I'm going to say it. Sorry, Peter, David. Um, it is my favorite um, Hulk story ever. And Greg Pak's work there is just is fantastic. So, mm. yeah. Because it could have stood alone. If, Like I said, if that's how the Hulk's story had ended with the end of Planet Hulk, I'd have been happy as a clam. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, great suggestion. Thanks. I thought we were going to be okay now. Um, I've heard some people suggest sixteen oh two, and I'm not sure if that's boo. No, yeah, they're probably all those steampunk gothers. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I like right now. He's sitting in his apartment, throwing his headphones down. No, no, uh, Neil Gaiman's (laughs) another one. It's Alan Moore. You have to worry about. He'll turn you into a frog. It's a little too contrived. I, I might say, yeah, uh, I, I might say, too, just because people who've seen the movie wouldn't realize what the fuss was about, but you could go back and get the essential Howard the Duck and get the 31 issues and see, yeah. man, Steve Gerber was writing on a level so beyond what anybody else was doing yep. at that time. And I think now kind of And again, Frank Brunner artwork, excellent yeah. stuff. And for some yeah. of it, Gene Colan for most yep. of it, but Frank Brunner started it. It That's a great collection to have because it's it marks a lot of historical, the first time Kiss ever appeared in a comic book. Uh, so, Sweet, yes, but it's also just great satire. It, it was it was pushing the boundaries of what comics could do in the seventies. Yeah. So all you newbies out there, we have just given you the keys to the kingdom, right there, right? Okay, right. So go crazy. But don't necessarily pick up the trade paperback called the Kingdom. You know, we're saying oh, we, right. we, we, Kingdom Come, uh, and maybe the JSA arc when they release that. Um, 
Since this is a free-for-all, can I now derail this podcast to a different topic? Derail it. Go ahead. <clears throat> I'm tired of the laugh track on Big Bang Theory. I think it's killing that show. Okay. If, if they got rid of it, I would find my own humor in that show. But, hoping, but they are, still they are nailing a, a vague order of movie and TV. But if you, no, if you they are they are ruining <laughs> no. that show and driving it you into the ground so with the laugh track. Are you with me, drink. people? Is I had I hadn't noticed. <laughs> I, I I've assumed it was in front of a live audience. And that's oh my gosh! Then those people are robots. No. They have to be a laugh track. I can buy that there's a laugh track, but it hasn't been spoiling it for me. Oh, just every every laugh where you might think that's funny, there's a ha 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 ha. What I love about that is I got to say three words. What up, Moon Pie? Okay, I'm done. Okay, thank you. There's two in order. Now that you've pointed it out, though. You're going to spoil it for me. I don't know. Yeah. But I didn't think that last episode was all that funny. No, it wasn't. I was, I was just kind of disappointed with the Summer Glau yeah. uh, basically playing a Terminator. I mean, she yeah. showed very little beyond what she would yeah. have as Cameron on the show. Has she really showed anything else in interviews no, and everything else? No. Yeah. I think she may be. I think the, the theory posited that Terminators are actually being sent back in time disguised as actors who played Terminators to <laughs> lull us into a false sense of security. Probably pretty true. <laughs> And She's I, hot. <laughs> yeah, I did like Sheldon's phone back to uh, to get his paper yes. emailed to him. Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah. Although uh, you know they're gonna have to make an episode though that explains why they still hang out with that guy because it's getting to the point where it's just so annoying to where it's like why would why would why they just they ditch this guy? You know what I mean? There's got to be that one redeem- episode where they sit there and go, "Oh, that's why they still hang out with him." You know? I think we're waiting for that episode for us. That guy is doing amazing physical comedy work. He oh, is. Like he is the, astounding. Uh, the, the, uh, when the, she, the, the paintball on, on the uh, couch from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> right. Where he tries to sit down and something's wrong. And just as a person who at one point studied that in my life, you just go, wow, that guy is so that character. Every weird movement he makes is this character. I hope maybe that he's just weird in life. And his facial gestures. His, uh, I, the, the, I also saw he did a little, uh, I guess, Access Hollywood or one of those things visited him on the set. And he was showing the girl around or whatever. And he tried. And I here's the thing. I legitimately think he's got to be a geek. Uh, that's just my personal thing. But then he's showing the girl around the set. And he's like, oh, yeah, if you look over here, it looks like we've just put a complete set of the Justice League did on the window they, here. They did pan yeah. across those guys. And then the, he goes, the he goes, is, is that how you say it? And I was like, don't pretend. <laughs> don't funny. pretend. I would like to see that guy hire, like do a, a hosting job on Saturday Night Live or something where maybe he could try to just to see, yeah. is he like that? Oh, yeah, well, in that yeah, interview, yeah. he looked very Sheldon-y. So. Well, of course he looks that way. He's probably, no, but I mean like in his in his talk to the lady. You know what I mean? Because like, I've only read okay. interviews where it's like carefully controlled and, you know, like with the big theory that, that Sheldon is supposed to be high-functioning autistic. And the writers say, no, 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 we're never going to say, explain what Sheldon's deal is. And then he's given interviews where he says, I, the more people write into me and thank me for this, the more yeah. I can't see how Sheldon could be anything else. Which then might be the explanation as to why they're with him. It's like you put oh, up with it. Oh, they pity him? No. But, oh. No, an understanding that he really does legitimately have an yeah. issue. But yeah. he should yeah. also have some kind of redeeming. Like, you know what I mean? Like He does. He hugged Penny in probably the funniest moment of two seasons. Yes. The Christmas gift of, of uh, acknowledging that, was... that he really has as close to emotion emotion as he can, <laughs> you know, and the, 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 
he's bound to them. But it'd be different if there was even like a plot device where it's like, well, I hang out with him because he's got all the money. Or, he you saved know, my or, life in Nam. Right, or something. You know what I mean? There should be that flashback <laughs> episode where. Oh, God, but usually in sitcoms when you have the, that flashback to how we met kind of things, those suck. Okay, uh, sure. I That's guess. true. Thank you. Uh, so. <laughs> Where were those rails again? We okay. Oh, to... here's the rails. Look, we're in Movie Town. <laughs> Woo hoo! Pulling into Movie Town Station. The old Movie Town here. Uh, All righty. <laughs> so uh, there's a rumor today. I, in I movie feel town. like I've been here before. In you movie have. Town. Uh, there's a. Ru- you're gonna when you hit my rumor, you're gonna feel like you've been here before. Oh, Lay it on us. Well, it, it seems that Fox, and this has come from a different couple, a couple of different sources. Century Fox. Why are you still talking? About I don't know. Okay. I felt like it. This just in. This, this just, just in. in. Ladies and gentlemen, to all, all the, ships the ships and sea. Uh, Jinx, buy me a Coke later at dinner. Uh, that uh, Fox is looking to reboot the Fantastic Four. That's what I was uh, trying to remember. All cast, starting over completely. I think that's They're just all a rumor, 14 though. years old. No. Doing an ultimate Fantastic Four. Brilliant! Try again! <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> I, it does feel like I, I, again, and I yeah. know, and Mario's here, so here we're going to say, when you reboot the Hulk, I'm like, well, thank God. Uh, but, <laughs> but when you. When, no, those Fantastic Four movies are pretty freaking they're, awful. They're kid movies, uh, you know, and I like no, the, I know you take a line with this, but. I, I do I, take. I, well, I don't know if I'd say that There aren't good stories. Way, Huh? They aren't good They're stories. They're not good stories. Go uh, to hell, anybody <laughs> Please and 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 okay, I'll give you that they're supposed to be kids stories. The second film is nothing but uh, like what? An hour and 45 minutes of advertisement. It, 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 they're not kids For stories. For Marvel just, action figures which no, we all bought? Not Marvel action figures. <laughs> Dodge um, like, like, go watch that again if you if, can it, stomach it. I but can, but let me tell you that, horrible. you know, but let's say honestly, I don't pay attention to those things. I really don't because Ugh. because I just don't notice. Like, so here's the in thing: a, in a film that's supposed to be about one of the most renowned scientists building all of these crazy vehicles, and he builds it out of a Dodge. How can you not? Pay well, attention what to would that? you build it out of, Mario? <sighs> I just fantastic <Fantastic> material. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, but, I never imagined the counterpoint though that. Reed Richards is a corporate whore because yeah. the way they pay for this everything is, is through their patents and sponsorships and everything else. This is true. It so, just, it just no, so that's wrong. a counterpoint. I'll, I'll give you a picture. Look at how the how the Watchmen stayed so true to the source material. Now consider a. Did fantastic you just purposely film. call it the Watchmen? How the Watchmen movie stayed <laughs> okay stayed so close to the source material. But that's different. Watchmen no, no, is no, no, one no. single Lon, story. Let Lon, me finish. Let me finish. Prepare the Thunderdome. So. Now imagine imagine a Fantastic Four movie where they land on an island. They they encounter the Mole Man. There are giant monsters. Doctor I'm Doom there. is wearing a green skirt. I am there. You know, nobody um, else would be though. Uh, but, yeah, well, they tried that. Well, they, I can't say they tried that once because they never released it. Right. But um, I actually like the Corman movie better. I, oh, I the Corman movie is horrible. What no, are you talking no, 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 about? No. I have to agree with that. I'm going to say here's my here was my dream one, and it, and it didn't happen. But at one time they were thinking about it. Peyton Reed, who directed Down with Love, with Hugh McGregor uh, and was her name uh, Zellweger, uh, was attached to direct it as a period piece to do Fantastic Four in the sixties yeah. and no. make them these super celebs and be all that colorful. And I thought. 
That'd be kind of cool. Do something a little but different. But see, that's yeah. that's the thing. Like, I think that okay, every, and I don't want to jump into the whole like. It's too late. Going, you're there. I'm there. My feet are. There wet. is room in Thunderdome for three. <laughs> but three <laughs> men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> I you, am the master of Zodiac Town. <laughs> you call it Lon. Um, no. It, <laughs> Here's, here's Wasn't Master thing. Blaster two men though? It was. Yes. Shush. So, <laughs> so if Master Blaster fought somebody, there'd be three men in the ring. Oh yeah. Ah, thank you. Ding ding ding. Uh, think of the things that we've heard about the plans for Captain America: The First Avenger. Yes. Period piece. Intriguing. Really, really intriguing. Well, he Something is a we, character from the past. Yeah. There's no, no but, way to. But my point is, is that. Even if they did it with Fantastic Four, that does not have to live in that. They, it would have been really fascinating to see that. What did we get in exchange? Eh, garbage. You get a mutant Doctor well, Doom. Well, here, what? Yes. I, but it then, was, then yeah. you're misinterpreting. I'm saying that's the version I wanted to see. No, I, I did agree not with like you. the first Fantastic Four. I did not like it. Okay. Uh, you like the power switch up one they did in the second one because we were all so tired of the way their powers worked. But yeah. No, it like was just. Either. But I thought that Lon and I saw Rise of the Silver Surfer. We, you know, we held hands through it in the dark, and we said, "The lights came up." Said. That was kind of fun. It wasn't a brainer at all. And, yeah. it, and it's one of those I walk away thinking, yes, they made the imminent destruction of the Earth kid-friendly. But the other thing, too, but is But in a is world like- with the Marvel superheroes, Super Squad, little, you know, ag- little toys that um, are selling like hotcakes and include a Planet Hulk version, um, you know, that my, so my four-year-old can play with them. No, but the point is, is the Fantastic Four isn't that dark franchise. No, it it's isn't. Not. You know, no. it is the family-friendly one because... It is kind of goofy. It's the guy who stretches. Yeah. We take that guy seriously. I mean, it's let's just have fun with it. You know, I don't know. I mean. I well, want a tour. I, I want, agree I want them living fun, in a but I want huge it to like, Baxter building. I want the vehicles. I want the yeah. pogo plane. I want. Yeah. I, th- this yeah. is the thing. There's it's so not, it's not that done. it doesn't have to be fun. Like, I, I liked a lot of the tone. It's just the story wasn't compelling. And, yeah. and, it you know, and it didn't have to be challenging on the level of, like, Russian drama or anything. Like, it just. Well, it I just had to bring some of those elements in and make me kind of go, wow. That's I also all. think, though, it did have its budget constraints, and that was probably – and probably and Fox's director's limitation, too. Well, and Tim's yeah, story is, true. Is, is, a, is a limited director. Because you're right. Both those movies do Although, feel small. And I will admit I watched it with commentary. And let me say one of the things is that Tim's story was under the thumb – of the other sources. So even if he were a better than competent director, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he could be, he's not strong enough as a personality to override Avi Arad yeah. and whoever else was there whispering Tom in his Rothman ear saying who he's got. Yeah. Because there are things where he says, well, I wanted to do this. And I'm listening to that going, yeah, you should have. That would have made this a better yeah, movie. Yeah. And- well, see, but the thing is, is it's not just, okay, you're right. It, it, it feels like a small movie. But it's it's one worse than that. I would almost forgive it for being a small movie and owning that and just telling a good story. Instead, it's a small movie that tries really, really hard to be a big movie, mm. and it just yeah. shows. But that's a, that's every... a Fox Marvel thing, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just—I think it was doomed. Well, from the, the best start. thing that could happen is, Mar- is Marvel could get it all back. Yeah. We got it, Mario. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's. Okay, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh is apparently. Did you bring up this rumor of Kenneth Branagh has is meeting with someone they think is going to be Triple H? No, some oh. uh, another uh, Tyler Maine. No, 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 no. Uh, I want to say it's a it, it is a, a Swedish actor. So Bjorn Berg. No, was he a tennis player? That's the only Swedish guy I know. Uh, well, him and the chef. Another Skarsgård son. 
What? Peter Skarsgård, who was in the... Um, not not, Skarsgård, no, no, no. Sarsgård. No, 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 not Sarsgård. Oh. The one that was in Pirates of the Caribbean. The old, he's the older actor oh, and, and oh. Goodwill Hunting. He has a son, and apparently has two sons. One is in Stellan True Skarsgård. Blood. Yeah. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Sorry, not Peter. Yeah, Peter Sarsgård. You're right. Stellan yeah, yeah. Skarsgård. His uh, one of his sons is in True Blood. Is that? Oh, his... it's uh, Scotty Scotchgard. I think his name is. <laughs> no. Oh, the depths. Sorry. someday <laughs> we're gonna get that one. Um, It'll mm. be on the third listen. No, mm. oh, on the third listen. <laughs> Just wait. It has to gestate. <laughs> like an alien inside me. Yeah. It's going to burst out. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> apparently he's had meetings with this guy. Uh, and uh, so kind of unknown to American audiences. And that's been sort of the theory, especially with Marvel lowballing actors, yeah. to say get uh, someone who is an unknown to play Thor because and then just use him up because he's got to look like Thor. Yeah, you don't want him to say yeah, that's and then say maybe you can find Arnold some, Schwarzenegger as Thor. As Thor right? Yeah. You got to believe it's Thor. Yeah, yeah. So I don't uh, know. Come back to Sam Asgard. Jackson. <laughs> Sam Jackson is Thor. No. Oh, but don't you know? So, you, you see what's written on that hammer? Read it to me. <laughs> Who's Asgardian who? mother. <laughs> Mjolnir, how that? Mjolnir. That wallet it? comes right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, so we and, then, and then you pulled up that Mickey Rourke has given a thumbs up that he is, or actually yeah. that says Nikki Fink in Hollywood. <laughs> Nikki Fink? She's a writer for oh. a popular website yeah. Yeah. that deals with more mainstream. She's saying Mickey Rourke is going to play the Russian villain in Iron Man 2. Yeah, and yeah. that Scarlett Johansson. Well, here's the thing. So here's here's the deal. It says uh, Russian villain. Uh, they've settled their squabbles. He's in squabbles. Iron Man 2. Uh, what Fink is actually talking about is an intriguing tidbit. Here's what she says. Uh, Rourke almost taking a role as, quote, unquote, the baddie in Spider-Man 4. Almost taking a role? Yeah. Well, maybe Marvel was kind of dropping a couple bones in front of him. And- well, that, that's not Marvel's choice. Spider-Man 4 is still a Sony production. Oh. Oh. That's yeah. Sam Raimi's choice. Javier Rod doesn't oversee those. No, he stepped down. Oh, remember he's an independent Kevin producer Feige now. Kevin Feige doesn't. Kevin Feige those? would be, yeah. But he would. Scarlett he would Johansson oversee is Spider-Man. officially the Black Widow. Oh, sexy. Yeah. Okay, I'm on it. She's hot. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Michael. Any other? Well, we have uh, any other movie? You know, feedback. So now? wait, wait, wait. Let's think about what that means, though. Let's. Because if Scarlett Johansson is the Black Widow, mm-hmm. and there's a potential potential Avengers movie. Has she signed on for multiple pictures? Well, I don't know, but you'd assume they would. Right. Or is the Black Widow a villain that's going to die? I mean, that's is she playing Natasha Romanoff or the, or the other Nelena Shashafraja? She's got to be Natasha She's got to be Natasha, but she'd make a really great Elena. A lot of unanswered questions. And us geeks like to discuss. So I don't know. I just think it's kind of interesting that if they do eventually lead towards the Avengers movie... You you're gonna have br- big brand name actors that are gonna be you know headlining it. Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr., maybe Ed Norton. I don't know. And whoever ends up playing Captain America, and then Scotty Scotchgard. Name and then Scotty Scotchgard. <laughs> and I can't wa- I can't watch Chuck anymore without thinking about that guy as Captain America. Uh, and Captain awesome. awesome. Yeah, Captain Awesome. Yeah, who is actually uh, he's playing a superhero in that Super Capers, uh, which we interviewed the director. Or I interviewed the director at uh, WonderCon, and they're doing a press screening this Saturday in L.A. It's been a big thing. Ooh, let's go. Well, if you want to drive down there, I can get you in. Uh, Will I get to hang out with Adam West? <laughs> I, uh, no. <laughs> My heart is still broken. Okay. Um, 
over that. They they had offered me an interview with Adam West and then uh-huh. pulled it the day before. Because uh, yeah, he looked at the he looked at the uh, sheet. And he's like, "All right, who are my interviews?" With? Derek McCaw, fanboy planet. Yeah, that's it. McCaw, not the, McCaw. I'm no, the mayor of I'm the mayor of Rhode Island. No, somebody get me my shoes. Thank yeah, you, so um, so it's a superhero parody film, and then I saw that guy. Then if Captain Awesome is in that. One day, uh, Ryan McPartland—that's his name, Ryan McPartland. Um, but didn't he has you, it. He's got the square jaw. He totally looks like. Didn't you say John Ham? Maybe or uh, they're talking. They're talking about that. Ooh. Although he may have ruined it by his performance as Lex Luthor today on Funny or Die. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Which you can go to Family Planet and see that. I've got that see, that one up. You shouldn't have made the funny. Yeah, exactly. What I didn't make. No, not funny. you. No, don't look at me. Don't look at the ham. The Why'd you do it, Derek? <laughs> Because I want Ryan McPartland to be, because you know my Brandon Mullally as Captain Marvel campaigns pretty much petered out. So are we done with movies? Let's go with Ryan McPartland well, as Captain we America. Go flashback to that other thing. Oh, you want to go back to uh, Watchmen? No, no, no. Oh. Well, we can talk about Watchmen if you want. Oh, to. Yeah, there's a follow-up to Watchmen. Last week, guys talked about it, but they had a fifty-five million dollar weekend. Yes, which they're and they're talking sequel. No, they don't no, say that. That was actually good numbers given how long the movie. No, is. No, I would then, agree with you, but there's a lot of articles saying, "Oh, it's a disappointment." Award, well, that's because there's make, a lot of haters out there. There's a lot of haters, and there's a lot of oh, they you know the money has to go in so many different directions. But uh-huh. yeah, this is true. And then last night I received this very urgent phone call, <laughs> <laughs> and I I'm sorry, Life or I death. mocked because I lied. It did sound like it. it was the urgency. I've got to talk about this. <laughs> I don't know where I am. <laughs> Help me! Help. There's a light. Before we go into <laughs> someone, someone put a bag over my head and bubbled me. And I don't know where I am. Before we go into Mario's, because we know it's going to be detailed and good, I have to tell. <laughs> No, I have to tell. I have to tell a quick, like, uh, like non fanboy Watchmen response. I have a. Yeah. I had a couple girlfriends that were all excited to go see it because they're like, "Oh, I love superhero comic movies. I can't wait." So then I talked. Any to baby them. mamas in there? Uh, I don't know. No, and then no. I talked to them the next day. I was like, "Yeah, so what do you think of Watchmen?" There was like a brief beat of a pause. Bizarre, bizarre. And I was just like, "Yeah, that's kind of what I thought you were gonna say." You know, so. I, th- I find it curious to see what the non-believers. I've, I've heard a lot of reports. I say, I, I've read a lot of reports of people walking out. Interesting. Well, that's yeah. There's been uh, several people, reputable people, uh, reporting walkouts in New York, uh, Chicago. Why would you walk out though? I just and I had my you know, because my, it's not well, offensive. My it's mother not... didn't see it, but there was a reaction of, you know, that fellow on yeah. Grey's Anatomy. I love him. I want to see it for that. Mm-hmm. And I thought. No, you don't. And I just said, Mom, you do not want to see... Unless you want to see him shoot a... Yeah, if you're going to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan because you are just in love with him from Grey's Anatomy, no. But I do want to say... not that role. Jeffrey (laughs) Dean Morgan, awesome as a comedian. Yeah, no, he's great. Although bad wig work, but that's just everybody's bad wigs in that movie. You know, so here's the thing. Um, You know, there have also been reports that some of the people that have uh, sort of had a distaste for the film, um, you know... We're upset at the digital penile enhancement. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, yeah. Maybe. So there's been several people complaining about that as well, but I don't know how much you can actually give to that. I, I can't. I can't. Uh, it was in the comic. The big blue pendulum of right. justice. Yes. I will say my wife and mentioned it, it but uh, it did not seem to sway her. But how did she mention it? Like, well, that's that's weird. I've seen enough blue penis <laughs> in one movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or for yeah, <laughs> to, to, but to wait. I'm going to go you. in one lifetime. <laughs> yeah, Lord, Lord, Lord knows there's enough blue balls going around my house. Hey-oh! Anyway, Hey-oh! So, Lon <laughs> that's true. Lon did, and that's make our that segment. Joke. That's Lon's segment. I can't believe I didn't make that joke. <laughs> so my wife had never read the comic and isn't a huge comic fan, but her comments were it seemed very rushed. Hmm. Which I agreed with because how do you fit all of that into a three-hour movie? Right, but right. It, it did seem to gloss over. She also uh, hated the uh, pop soundtrack, "99 Loaf Balloons." Yeah, uh, I, I, all of that stuff was just distracting. And movies are better when those moments aren't there. Write an original score, make yeah. an awkward transition. I don't yeah. care. But, but it was a movie it's such- set in the eighties, though. Yeah, but you didn't need 99 Luff Balloons. It didn't to need Huffed uh, yeah. Hatch's soundtrack. Especially right. when, yeah. oddly enough, 99 Luff Balloons also appeared that same week on 30 Rock as the but did you, Tina Fey's grand. Since singers. we're talking about music in The Watchmen, uh-huh. did you catch what was playing in the background yes. during during, uh, yes. during I, Osmandius' yes. section? Well, did anyone else? You mentioned it. Yeah, every, it? everybody wants Tears to rule the world. Tears for fears. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, and, I, and I thought, see, and this is, now this is in our in our late night phone call last night, Mario. It was special. It was 9 o'clock. It wasn't all that late. But for us, as married men with children, that's late. That's, uh, Unless you're an insomniac like me. Oh, but that's okay. okay. That explains a lot. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I said, you know, that my theory after seeing it a second time was that. Um, you saw it twice? I did. I saw it again Saturday you night, didn't actually. call me? Okay. You're outed. Go ahead. Anyway. So, yeah. Anna finds that funny because she finds human She's misery to be hilarious. Um, anyway, uh, I just assumed you went with friends long because you always do. Um, anyway. Cat fight. Yeah. So <laughs> Thunderdome. I, I thought that after seeing it a second time that, that really it what what – the original graphic novel was kind of parodying and satirizing in a dark, evil way the the things that were to be expected in a superhero comic at that time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now what Zack Snyder, and I said, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt as, as being somewhat clever as a filmmaker, by making what I considered on the first go-round thuddingly obvious choices in his yeah. music and upping the violence and all this is actually exaggerating and parodying what people expect from a superhero movie now. And I can, I can definitely see that. Okay. Particularly a Zack Snyder superhero, superhero movie. Yes. Well, yes. but he's never really so, made one before. 300 doesn't count. I mean, I yeah. also, and that's where, that's where I have a feeling my thesis is incorrect because 300 was also thuddingly obvious in its yeah, violence, at yeah, least. Yeah. But that was also another comic adaption, adaptation that, ha- that was very violent. You know what yeah. I mean? But, so, I, but I want to make one comment before we move on. To could the, you yes. just squelch her? The uh, the blue penis. Back to that. I know that that's been getting a lot of press That's a great lately. bar to drink at, though. He's, <laughs> he's opening a restaurant. I, in fact, yes. dare you to go into a bar and order a blue penis. Every hour's happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just just in a Most weird... happening bar in Smurf Town. Just a weird observation, though. Like, okay, so that's what everybody's talking about, right? But the reality of it is... 
you know, it's it's something that we, you know, it's natural, whatever. It's human. Yeah. It's you know anatomy. what's weird? They're all talking about that, and no one's talking about Malin Ackerman actually having a nude scene, too. Nobody yeah. cares about right. that. Right. Yeah. But what I'm thinking it's is, wouldn't bizarre. it be weird, though, if Watchmen's legacy is the fact that it finally broke that full frontal no, I actually kind of thing in movies? Cool. You know what like, I mean? Like, I think it should. I think, I think it would be cool. I, I think it should. was entirely evocative of uh, the Leonardo da Vinci yeah, painting of man. But yeah. you know, but that's but well, that's the point. You have a character that's so evolved past yeah, clothing yes. and everything, yeah, and it's like yeah. he's just in his physical he's, physical form. He, yeah, he is, he is but the the thing is, every that's all anybody can focus on is well, tee hee. There's a penis on screen. Welcome what, to blue. America. But here, and here's what I think. Yeah, it's an R-rated film, and look, R-rated movies. People do occasionally. I mean, well, in life, R-rated life. People walk around naked. No, yeah, but right. it's yeah. it's essential but to the character. He is so absolutely. divorced yeah. from he. It, for him, putting on clothes is something that has to be explained to him that he's mm-hmm. he needs to. He does it under presidential order and yep. yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, so I just thought that was but, a weird thing. That wouldn't it be weird if Watchmen's legacy was? Oh yeah, it broke that penis barrier where now people don't snicker when they see it on screen. I think we know? have a, a podcast title. There you go, <laughs> breaking the penis barrier. <laughs> so I do want. Well, I, since we're talking about breaking so. barriers, <laughs> since we're talking about breaking barriers, let's, I do. Let's. I do want to get with into blue one genitalia. thing yes. with blue genitalia, it, where it does break barriers. You're right, is in its nudity. But what I didn't like, and it's still stuck with me after the second viewing, is that. Visually, the comic does all sorts of like transitioning between the Rorschach test yeah. and like the framing right. of the characters. Which, when that and- happened, was hailed as he's bringing cinematic language to comics. To comics, yes. and so the the issue that I have is, you know, why not do the reverse? Why not bring some of that back into it? And you know, like seeing the trailer for the Black Freighter, you know, the animated film, yes, um, and and imagining just the transitions between. The kid reading the comic and, you know, the long, you know, zoom into the comic panel, which becomes animated and becomes this thing. And, like, that was an opportunity to actually break the boundaries of, of you know, what is conventional you know comic book cinema. But we right? also, and, I had this conversation last night with a friend, too, though. What Snyder does also, though, is in his camera movement, he actually captures three different frames in a nat- – so it's, it, it's – you're watching a natural camera movement. But at the same time, he's also, if you look at the panel, you go, oh, there's that panel, there's that panel, there's that panel, yeah. all in one move. You but know what I mean? But the thing is, is that and those, that's, I think that's brilliant. But so. those exist on the page, though. A lot of those panels are there to create that same sort of movement. Right. On but the what page. I'm saying, but, though, is but, this guy actually looked at it so let me, and did it. it out. Let me he ask it a out, fair but, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was any film adaptation of Watchmen going to be as cool as the one in your head? So no, but cinematically, Aha! no, but cinematically, there's much more he could have done. That you know, it, there were there were things that could have easily been done, and he chose no. not to do it. No, but that's a fault of the medium, not the Zack Snyder. But here's yeah, there you go. But you know what? I want to yeah. I want to answer that by saying I never had a Watchmen movie in my head. It only mm. merely existed to me as the book and the comic. Yeah. So actually watching this, it was I was in awe going, and I was taking this as, is the I Watchmen movie. I was taking movie. that as a separate and, art and form. I would, I, I would extend on that and say that basically he, the artwork in Watchmen was made to be something you couldn't film, to right. show, the, show the advantages of the static picture right. on the page and the way the boundaries of the panels could be used in a way that you don't see in film. But mm-hmm. tying the tying the I, Rorschach. I, I'm, not, to, I'm not disagreeing with yeah, you. That the it, transitions could have evolved. They could have really been much better. Yeah. But it, I would it, also say, again, for us being the hardcores that know the the war, original work so well, 
we it, it may not even be fair to pass judgment until that supercut. I'll give you I'll this give, is so that's what I'm actually getting at. But I'll is, give you a good example. It's not going to change in the cut. The scene with uh, John on Mars, right? Yes. When the when in the in the comic panel panel panel, they're in the crater and it's the happy face. Much different than the long pullback yeah. to see the yeah. happy which face. Which my wife which, an eyebrow out of like which yeah, was just, yeah, yeah. which was comical. Yeah, and and the exposure, and I never got that comical feel from the exposure so, in the comic. And there's a so there's two other comical. things I wanted to mention the the comic angle on his, on the Dan Dryberg sort of impotence scene, yeah. like the the fact that that's played as a joke and not sort of a moment where you're was like, it? I didn't, yes. I didn't feel like it was played as a joke. The theater erupted in laughter. Yeah, but when that's I was because the that. theater. I'm gonna need another minute. He's not weak. He's yeah. sort of like. I'm going to need another minute. Right, but that's also, though, yeah. the, um, the sensibility of the audience. Is, yeah. No, do no, they, no, no. They don't, it's, it's played on screen that way. No, but the, also, the cut, though, everything, like, they've never seen an impotent that. superhero. You know what I'm saying? So they see it as a joke. Mm-hmm. And what's missing from the movie that is made, that Alan Moore does to make the point, is that later after they have sex, he go, she says, you know, why didn't you just tell me we needed the costumes? Yes. But yeah. that, that was not in the movie. So there's this weird moment of, like, why is he impotent? She never clarifies... Oh, it's because yes. we needed yeah. to be in costume. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, yeah. 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 That's yeah. Alan Moore's point exactly. about the whole impotence thing. Yeah. Like they try to sneak it in. Implied. They try to sneak it in by him saying, like, by she. She says something like, "I was like, what was it that she said? Was that good or something? like she? It kind of looped it that oh, this was different than before, but it definitely doesn't make that yeah, same it did, point. It, wasn't it, as clear, it yeah. plays it more from like he's a loner. He just you know maybe came too quickly or can something, I uh, you know, can like, I question a choice of violence? So. It, yeah. When uh, Rorschach catches the guy with the two dogs yeah. Yeah. and throws him through the windows in the comic, he lights him on fire, right? Mm-hmm. But in the movie, he hits him with the axe, right. which is far more violent. And in my the, wife turned away and thought, in that's the comic, cool. he does more of a, isn't it a Mad Max choice? It's like Saw. That's yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He, 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 he uh, uh, chains them, him to the, the, to the stove, yeah. and then he throws him, a, him like a hacksaw, and he says, you can either cut through this or do whatever. Yeah. Which on screen could be le- shown less violent. Yes. But they specifically changed it to make it more violent. Now, why then the choice after uh, the, the energy goes off and kills all the people? In the comic, there's several panels uh, yeah. of just corpses Bodies. and corpses. But everybody just sort of magically disappears in the Manhattan flash of light. And we get none of what Ozymandias has done. We re- right. the, yeah, yeah, you you yeah, miss yeah. the impact of that. It's like Rorschach came off as a much worse character in the Moose movie than Ozymandias did. Yes. You need to have that that ugliness of what what actually happened. And you those know, like are these ugly, ugly pages. Too. But those are pages yeah, yeah, that yeah. haunt you and yeah. make you sit there and realize the 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 well, extent I, of say, the attack. And, you know, and then, again, I love that we can have this kind of debate about it. And I realized this week, it's like the people that are like the huge Harry Potter fans for the first time ever in my life. I'm I'm seeing a film adaptation of something that I know so well that it actually matters to me what they yeah. changed. Yeah, because when you've done a Batman movie, it's like, well, what Batman storyline? Right. Know? I mean, when we saw yeah, that, when you hear going, you hear the Harry Potter people are going, they left out the talking candy. Right. Like, yeah. And I go, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. boo hoo. Yeah. But Batman's a character we can adapt to different mediums, and there's no one right. definitive story until they do Dark Knight Returns, right? Because that's right. Right. Yes. That's the definitive. That's what I'm saying. That this is. is the first time I've ever seen a movie adaptation of a definitive. But know, there's only one Watchman. Exactly. Yes. That's why yeah. we're on the same. And side. you're always you're always going to compare it to that, no matter what. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. Uh, you know, the closest I've ever come is when they did Simon Birch, the adaptation of A Prayer for Owen Meany. And thought, 
well, they blew that. But I was like, okay, you know. It, <laughs> Only Derek would. But, but Sue, here's, here's the last point. And the, well, we no, can, it ties into comics because that was directed I by know, the guy that did Ghost Rider and Daredevil. Right. Just saying, though, it's like you're, you're all – there was the only other time was Simon Birch uh, based off this uh, obscure book that nobody's ever heard of. And I sat there. They blew that. <laughs> right, fellas? Uh, high fives. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm John Irving. Uh, yeah, you've heard yeah. of that. Um, <laughs> that. That Lon has never heard of. I'm just <laughs> right. saying. Simon Birch. When they adapt Lon- Very Hungry Caterpillar, then you can come back to me. <laughs> They're going to do that? you know my pain. Right. The, the, the last, <laughs> they better be the- faithful. The last thing I want to say is that it's it, like omitting some of the panel transitions, you know, omitting those would have been one thing, but he includes one and it's really poorly done. And Which it's one? a, it's a, it's a transition between, uh, Rorschach, uh, getting the test in the, in the, in the and jail the yeah. and then it's, going it's, back right. to his, not the dog, but going back to his, uh, mom with, uh, the John and like the framing is completely yep. off. They zoomed in on it. It's not the right framing. And he even dissolves into it, and it doesn't match. Yeah. So, you know, this is me being a cine geek, but come on. You, yeah. you know, how can you completely blow that? That was another scene where I thought the choice of violence was not set up, right? So in the comic, he chews off his cheek or maybe even part of his eye, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. But we had not seen enough in the movie of Roar, of young Rorschach being abused. That totally. whole thing was all about yeah. despair, that this man had right. a different personality, that he is psychotic. And yeah, in the yeah. movie, it was just so quick. Oh, you know, his mom's maybe a hooker. He's damaged, he interrupted, but it, he was yeah. like that. But he came yeah, out yeah, as this yeah. psycho guy. That, well, yeah. and I've had people asking me, uh, students and teachers that saw it over the weekend, you know, what's up with the mask? Yeah. And so they, and so they think <laughs> yeah. that the mask yeah. is a power right. that Rorschach has. And to say, well, there's this whole thing, side plot about technology based on Dr. Manhattan's existence that really doesn't get played up well. But that's the whole thing, though. It's like, is that something you need? That's the whole thing. We're we're biased because we have all this extra information, and it's kind of like, do you need that to tell the story? I don't know. I mean, so in my, I totally agree with where you're coming from. But to me, in a world where. The, the book clearly sets up that these guys are costume adventurers. They're not superheroes. They're doing this stuff because they have like they're heroes, but they do not have superpowers, right? And the way that Zack Snyder injects sort of superpowerdom into sort of some of the fight scenes or some of the heroics that they pull off, and then not explaining the mask sort of cheats it. I'm not saying that it necessarily needed to be there, but it suggests that these guys may not just be human. I'm, I'm posing a different question to make us talk for five minutes. Yes. Were we all okay with the change of the ending? Actually, yeah, I am. Yeah. 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 I was as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, kudos. Know, I um, concur. <laughs> I have one comment. No, <laughs> just, just kind of, just real fast though. He's Rorschach. Well, <laughs> here's the thing though. Looking at it, I, and I was, I'll say I'm no. in here with you. <laughs> Discussing it with my friend Billy last night, he was kind of bummed they didn't have the squid in it too. But here, the only reason was. And our argument for this was, if you're going to – this is going to be the only Watchmen movie I'm probably ever going to see. And that's one of my right. favorite moments in the book. Like you said, the millions of dead bodies, I this weird – If you want this the squid, word, it's there on that Saturday morning cartoon No, version. but what I'm saying is that just <laughs> – you wanted that kind of jaw-dropping what-the-hell moment. And I feel like if you're going to do Watchmen, why not just go all the way well, and just put it in? And, you know, you, you I've heard arguments that say, oh, it worked and – Whatever, and I as the movie where it is, it worked for me because I knew they had to get to this point. As a movie for whatever. the mainstream, but I'm just saying, as the works. fan, I wanted. I don't disagree. If you're gonna I'm do like, it, just I'm, go all I'm the right way. Right on the fence with Lon. So, yeah. so my take is that you don't need the squid 
necessarily to do that. Okay, I can you live with that. You just need the street full of, of dead bodies. bodies. You need like yes, you that's need what corpses that's all what over I the wanted. place. And for a movie that's so filled with violence, and I mean like arms getting and sawed off. And the movie that and, it is played, you know, where Ozymandias is played, and this is the thing I really like the least about it, is that Matthew Good is sucks. not Ozymandias. He's not good. He he plays it like he's nice this, try. He's the sneaky fey little Bond villain from the very beginning. Yeah. yeah, you never see him in a way where you're going, "Oh, that's a trustworthy, upstanding, mm-hmm. ultimate yeah. example." You know, he, so to realize that, yeah, he's like he and, and as I say, from that the movie ending, he's also more clearly profiting off of what yes. he's done in a way that the graphic novel does not say. So. You know, yeah, even with the thing I watch, I made myself watch all the people that I'm going to kill. You know, yeah, so here's but no. that's also last... more of a political turn back to reflect the the times now, where it's like, you know, almost like with a Halliburton kind of thing, where Vite at the end was doing all the contracting for the rebuilding and stuff like that. You know what yeah, I mean? So, okay. yeah. I mean, did anybody have an issue with? Awesome, and man, this is Dick Cheney. I knew much. it exactly. Um, did anybody have an issue with uh, Dryberg going to Ozymandias instead of Rorschach? Did you guys pick that? Up? Yeah, I know the change was there, and I, I was bothered by it the first time around, and I thought, ah, it's just... I don't know if I, yeah. I remembered it. It was just yeah. a shortcut. Yeah. It was to introduce, because they would be friendlier. Yeah, you know, and, then, and then establish that He thing, was but, there as somebody we could observe through, it which just, in a way we wouldn't do with Rorschach. To me, I think, that, I think that Michael touched on it in the sense that they sort of butchered uh, Rorschach in a way that you don't really kind of sympathize with him. But everybody's saying, like, he's their favorite character. He's best, definitely the main character of this, the movie, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. But I, it, just, it just feels like and, a, you know, having I, him as this candle, right? But again, mm-hmm. this is what I told you last night. It's yeah. like when Roger Ebert watched South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. <laughs> yes, yeah. And he said, his review was, I've seen the greatest film ever made about censorship. Mm. Against, you know, against censorship. And 90% of the people who see it won't get it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how true. I kind of feel about Watchmen is that honestly the things that are I think a lot of the themes are still there, they're very strong and people don't get it. People are going to come away from Watchmen going Rorschach rocks. Yeah. yeah. But I think getting, also upon multiple viewings when this can, thing hits DVD or cable, I think a lot more people after they watch it a couple more times are going to appreciate it. I well, think. there is a sequel. Actually a prequel. What? The oh, you mean the, the Freighters? Yeah. The video oh. game, The End is Nine. Yeah. yeah. With, watch, uh, with Rorschach and... Um, the important thing is that the movie will drive comic book sales. Right, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you get that motion comic, and the motion comic says the graphic novel. So there, and the more I think about it, it's like, yeah, you know what? People should go and read the book. Absolutely. And so I, there's you know, so the, much more. I think, I think I was affected by the whole change of Rorschach meeting up with Ozymandias at the beginning, only because when I bought the ticket to go see the movie... I bought it online through Fandango or something or movie tickets. When I bought it, they gave me an iTunes code to download the the web comic for free, like the first the first chapter. Yeah. Comic. So I so I I sat there in line waiting to get into the theater and watched it, and I was just that was the you first the time I had. Act, I am. Yeah. Uh, I I had never Tony seen Stark. a motion co- comic before. Like I heard you guys talk about them, and I'm like, oh, I better check it out, but I haven't. And so I sat there and watched it. And was just utterly blown away. And then I go in, and it doesn't start with the it doesn't smiley have face in the gutter. It starts with it on the comedian, and it goes through the whole thing. Like I appreciated and it, it the second time. It didn't end the same either. It doesn't end on the top of the penthouse. It really so where, doesn't. Where, where is yeah. the tattoo of Rorschach on your body? I can't show you. Oh, okay. No, I'm just spotted. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Rorschach <laughs> per se, but it's just you know, it, like watching it do you play have a out in a very smiley face somewhere. The motion comic is excellent. It I'm is excellent. So tempted to insert a sound of a zipper at that point. 
I just want to make one quick real Zack Snyder comment. He's getting a lot of flack for this movie, good or bad or whatever. And I'm just, I think what he accomplished, what he attempted and what he accomplished was pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Light- and, I, and I appreciate that he decided to take it on himself right. to put himself out there. Because like he said, he's like, it's either me and I possibly F it up. Or I let somebody else do it, and I know they're going to f it up. So I'd rather be me on the and, line. And I also think too, the yeah. version I got we got, a lot of yeah. artistic integrity. On that. The version yeah. we got was so close to the comic. Like, imagine yeah. if we would have got Quentin Tarantino's Watchmen or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you, you know what I mean? So those are the people, the people that are complaining, saying, "Oh, it's not this, it's not that." It's like, hey, it's the closest. You know, I went get. home and I flipped through the graphic novel right afterwards, and I'm going, you know, there's not a lot in here that I really, really missed. From yeah, the story. yeah, I did the same thing. I did. Yeah. Well, well, and there's the great you know debate. In three weeks, you're not going to remember. Well, the, so the it's thing okay. is, is that I, what <laughs> we I'm should hoping, move on. But for I'm now, hoping, I appreciate should, the passion. But what I'm really hoping is that come fall or July, if they release it theatrically, like you mentioned in the pre-discussion. Uh, yeah. uh, Additional um, 40 minutes. You know, when if they do release it theatrically, I hope that seeing that will sort of absolve a lot of these like little things that nag. Maybe. And I'm kind of hoping that that's what's going to happen. And yeah. I think that's a good note to end our watch. Let's <laughs> move on to I, Mario talking obsessively about Lost. Before, before we get lost in that, um, you guys butchered a fan letter last week. And oh, I wanted, I'm so sorry. We did, and, and we have so to we apologize. Were hoping for you to fix it. We didn't have the technology it, to pull it up. We don't have the technology. We are the least technically <laughs> adept. <laughs> okay, shut up. So I got, <laughs> I got a letter from... See, hits, uh, and didn't from, we say you were going to fix it this week? Yes. Okay, so from Chuck McCullough. So, <laughs> <laughs> now why fix it? <laughs> fix it! <laughs> and so this is written This is written against a podcast from... Three, why is he emailing you and not us, Rick? Two weeks ago. Yeah. I want to know. Why are you the, the special o- one? The only thing I think is that He's he got... supposed to come to editor at fanboyplanet.com. He must have gone to the site and gotten my name off of one of the many articles I've written for you. So... Huh? That Rick, or, he sounds like the reasonable uh, one. <laughs> or, you, or he was able to separate me from the millions of other Rick Brett Snyders out there on right, the internet to find me. There's only one other Derek McCaw. Okay, sure. Um, and he's a youth minister. So I'm going to read it to you. Great, another great podcast, guys. You're welcome. You mentioned Wolverine and the X-Men on your show, and I'm loving it. Does he talk like you Don Adams? Seen, you, you haven't seen them all. Besides, you haven't seen them all. Besides the episodes you mentioned, there's a great three-part series opening you got to check out. Here's the link for watching it online. It's http://nicktoonsnetwork.nicknot.com. Are we supposed to give this out? Is this the legal yeah, no, link? Slash either. shows slash Wolverine dash and dash the dash x dash men <laughs> slash index.html. Yeah, we didn't butcher that email. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Happy viewing fanboy, Chuck. Yeah, and, and acts- Chuck is actually from. I want to give a shout out to his site because he's got a, a website, Anti Normal Comics, A N T I N O R M A L Comics dot com. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of artwork that he's done there, and he's got a pretty active little site there. So cool. Uh, just nice. it was very nice to get this letter from from him and to get that link to uh, the. We we, so we were appreciative. We were appreciative. Please. You made fun of him. What? I would have slapped How you. How did I here. make fun of him? We would have okay. slapped you hard. We made fun of everybody. Yeah. That's uh, what we do. We're uh, entertainers. Yeah, and, and uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, uh, they're uh, <coughs> gathering the first 
five or six episodes into a DVD very shortly. Cool. So in the next couple of months. Yeah, it's been a good show. I want to say, by the way, just on a, a brave and the bold note, uh, catching up again, uh, that if you – did you watch this last week, the big uh, multidimensional Batman one? Could you explain one? to me the Joker's the voice? Yet. Well, let me just say that they made palatable again for young children the Red Rain Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I see that come through and I go – what? <laughs> they're the really, they're really Batman? knocking it out. Where Dracula, Batman versus Dracula, and Dracula bit him, and he became yeah. a vampire. So uh, it's a three, okay. the three graphic, graphic novel. novels. Yeah, uh, with art by uh, Kelly Jones, I think. I think so. Um, I actually was Bernie writing my shelf, and I came across. Yeah, uh, Kelly Jones, and I was like, I can't believe that's that's one they pulled in the, the Justice Riders, Batman, all these alternate universe. The ju- the Joker looking just like the Joker from the 50s. It was so awesome. Could you explain to me the voice of the Joker, what he's trying to emulate? Like, what's the reference? What do you mean? Well, like, it, it didn't seem to me like a typical Joker voice, but it seemed like they were trying to capture, like, the man who laughed or something. Or I don't, you know, like... Isn't the man who laughed a silent film? Well, no, I don't know. That's why I wanted to talk to Derek. Uh, like, that's, Joker they, didn't speak through the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> was it trying to be a Cesar Romero thing or what? It was a little... It was the same Joker. They were definitely positing him oh. as the same... The calculating. One, the Dick Sprang Joker. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. one who is, like, just having fun, not really killing people. Dancing across the keys of a giant typewriter. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they had flashbacks to all the different things. And, in fact, and again, well, there's even one... They do this flashback to the time... When the giant clam went to get it, was someone like, and they're flashing back to the '60s Batman TV series. Excellent, awesome, which is neat because I mean the the jaw on Batman and the logo, the titling sequence yeah. is all evocative of the '60s. Totally, and it's yeah. all it's all great. So and this week they've got Adam Strange and the question. So the question is going to be the pre-credit one, and then Adam Strange will be. And the, I saw pictures of that on Fanboy. Planet. You did, oh, or you saw videos of videos, it. I didn't post the videos. videos. I didn't post the. Pictures. Those are moving pictures. Moving pictures, <laughs> not motion comics. <laughs> Animated <laughs> moving pictures. One of them, I, I'd have to. Did you check the links? Did you watch them after? Because like the first one didn't load up right away. So I don't know. I have to check. But it may have loaded up eventually. I don't Maybe? know. Maybe okay. I'll I, check it. Yeah. Fix it. So anyway, that that's, fix it. Fix it. That's uh, now time for now that well, I've we talked, can, we, I've talked about you, Brave and the Bold. So now I can just say good. That's off my says out of my system. I'll give you. Uh, you have choices. The choose your own adventure. Ooh. Ooh. So we can either talk about uh, lurid details of the creation of Indiana Jones, or we can go into Lost. I think Lost is probably the better thing. You're here. Right. Let's not squander no your expertise. Indiana Jones. We could all we could end with that. <laughs> no, no. I'll let's give you all, the link let's all do our it. homework on that one. Yes, do yes, do your homework. That. I'd love to hear what okay. you guys have to say. Have you been reading it this whole time, Michael? No. <laughs> no need to yell. So Lost. What? What? So the floor. We were talking about that. Yep. Since you've been here, we've gotten two episodes? Three? Yes. Two or three? So we yeah. had the, the the one thing that was beautiful were the two episodes that they switched the order on. Mm. And I totally agree that they were better. It was better in, in the uh, – it was John 316. John and, 316. And, and then, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, because I think I was here the night that uh, one of them the aired. The first one aired. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I think the order did play better. But so what we have seen is um, Locke's death. We we got another fantastic Locke episode. Yes, like it just seems like some of the best episodes of Lost revolve around Locke's journey. You know what I mean? And and I wonder why. I I wonder why too. But, I like yeah. the fact that he had broken his legs, so he had to go around everywhere on a wheelchair. I know how I he, how perfect, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that. Perfect we saw Walt again. 
Yeah. Uh, life, life and death of Jeremy Bentham. And I think that yeah. that was a problematic thing with the series because Walt was obviously getting much older than everyone else being yep. a kid. So they, by the three years advancing and playing it right, and now they can walk they can walk away from him in the series and they've wrapped and all that up. It's all good, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got to see Walt again. Uh, curious that uh, there was sort of a uh, hesitance to not take Locke to actually meet people that he had left behind when he got stranded on the island until later. Um, so we kind of wrap that. Yeah, well, and she's dead in the series. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it's what just, was his handler's name? What's the character's name? Now I've been trying to figure that out, and I haven't actually done my research on it. But uh, the guy the that tore up, yeah, yeah, by the shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Um, sort of violent, very, very violent episode too at moments. Um, yeah. So some revelations. Obviously, get to see uh, you know sort of the arc of what happens once he gets off the island. Um, and then I have to applaud Lon. Yes, time shifts have applaud stopped. Applaud me. Yeah. So one of the interesting things about um, about Lost is also you know the guesswork that goes into it. So you know I've made pl- for those of you that have actually read what I write, uh, you know I've made plenty of like oh this is what I think is going to happen, and I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, anybody out there that's really doing any kind of interesting writing on Lost is not 100 percent right. A lot of times they're wrong, but it's the journey that really kind of uh, makes it more fun. But um, so we were talking about the uh, Egyptian influence in the latest episode. Right. You brought the that, Egyptian stuff. Well, no, Lon was the one that actually brought it up. So I'd like to kind of hear uh, you. You were telling well, me your yeah, friend has been I, researching it. I, I have some friends that are really into Lost. And, and I was, in, you know, for a while, you know, going to all the ancillary, you know, websites and checking out all the and getting all the backstory that never was really played in the show. And uh, apparently this season is really the theme, I think, or dealing with a lot of the stuff is the, the Egyptian. There's a lot of Egyptian references that are going to play into this uh, this season. And, you know, it's like we were talking earlier off off air about how, you know, we've seen Egyptian, you know, references on the button and, you know, and different things. It wasn't and, the button. It was the, uh, the flip uh, the, the Yeah, the, the timer, numbers. the clock, yeah. yeah. When the clock runs out, we get glyphs. Um, there's been a lot of name, like, uh, name references that have been uh, tied back to Egypt. There's right. also sort of the uh, the myth of, like, the sun and the ark and all these other things. But A um, couple of things I've heard. Too. Well, also, too, the last character who died... They pulled a onk off of his neck, That's you know right. what I mean? Yep, yep. So, uh, so Richard Alpert, R. A. Ra. There was another the character temple. too. Who who who's Alpert's the statue? Who's the other guy playing off of him? What's his name? It's like a, a, a Abamama or something like that. Basically, oh right, yeah. They were hinting that his name is close to Anubis, which mm. would have been Ra and Anubis's. You know, they Anu- like Anubis. I guess from what the explanation I had heard was Lord of the Underworld. Yeah, the, yeah, he transfers people over. God, yeah. Yeah. So basically, and then they're also, when we see the statue from behind, you know, it basically looks like it could be like a dog-like. Well, it's, it's there true. was a lot yeah. made up, up that had three toes. Yep. Right, four it, toes, right? Four toes when you saw it from the front. And they were saying part of the theory is that. It's Simpsons. Well, the other thing was uh, <laughs> yes. that since all the uh, okay. I mean, all the Egyptian what? gods were dogs, they only had four toes. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. So, anyways, there's possibility possibility of the Egyptian it's, thing it's, coming into play, but what do we make of it? Who knows? With Lost, knows? Well, yeah, the so, Egyptians are way into immortality, right? Immortality, resurrection, which right. is obviously a theme this season. But I would argue <coughs> that like the the Egyptian themes don't necessarily are they're they're definitely coming more to light in this season. 
but they've been there since the beginning. Yeah. And do you have an explanation for why Locke is still alive? So I don't know. Uh, Can it, I you give know, you one? Yeah, go for it. Ben had to kill him in order for his death to be unnatural for the islands thing. You know what I mean? Because had Locke have hung himself, you know, because remember, okay, remember when Michael's trying to kill himself and he's like, oh, the island wouldn't let you do it, huh? Remember when uh, Mr. Happy came back and saw Michael in the real world? Right. So yeah. there was this weird thing where the island wouldn't let you do things. You know, you couldn't, he couldn't, Michael could not kill himself when he was off the island. Yes. There were forces that were some, some forces or whatever. So now here Locke is off the island and he's going to hang himself because he thinks that's what he has to do to get everybody back. So Ben, I think they're playing it like, there's the guy who killed me. Remember, you know, he's mm -hmm. laying in the thing. Yeah. But the reality is they're going to wake Ben up and he's going to go, Locke, I had to kill you because if you killed yourself, you wouldn't have been able to come back. So that's possible. But I still don't think that they had to kill him to bring him back. I, I think that there's something else going on there. And it, also the mention, play that scene back. I watched it two or three times. The murder scene? The murder scene. It's so, pretty graphic. So yeah. Very graphic, very kind of dark. He's about to kill himself. Ben magically shows up. Looks appears to be rescuing Ben Locke gets information at him though until he mentions uh, what is her name? Oh, what's Faraday's, Faraday's mother? Mom. I can't remember her name. Right. I, I just yeah. But anyways, and Ben is jerked out of what he was doing and says, "Are you sure?" And he says, "Yes." And then that's when he he actually see. I thought Ben was fishing to, for that information at that point. But at the same yeah, time, though, could, he goes read both ways. But he right? goes to yeah. her anyway to get back to the island. So I mean, yeah. Why would it be a bad thing? I don't know. Well, so. I still think that I, get in here, Goodson. Come on, uh, you know. Here's the thing. I, I I think that Locke is supposed to know certain things, and he's not supposed to know everything because I think that Ben has worked it so far that what Locke doesn't know plays to Ben's advantage, and he was maybe a little shocked that Locke had picked up on something. I th the oh, Locke thing, that, yeah. the yeah. Locke, like he's almost like a child. Me. Going back to what you talked about last time we were here, which was proxy. Mm -hmm. Because not only is he needed as a dead body in the plane, but to some extent, Locke is a father figure to Jack. Yep. They have the, yep. same, kind of, they have the same kind of arguments and differences of opinion and, and the way that, that you'd have a relationship with the Well, mother. and look at how the death of, of Locke affects Jack yeah. in the, in the season, uh, season finale of last season, right? Um, you know, it obviously was impacting and... You know, so it's not just that Locke is filling in to get back to the island. It's that he's also filling in for Jack. Yeah, I could see that. It's interesting, but it's like we were talking too. It's these last two episodes really kind of brought me around on this season. So now I'm really stoked to get back in this because, you know, I mean, we were. I think the last time we talked Lost was, you know, me bitching about it and you kind of defending it. So yeah, yeah. now here we're back even keeled where I'm I'm excited again. So. And again, yeah. you have to look at, at the great scripting they've had when when uh, <coughs> oh when one Sawyer more. is able to say, well, did you bury the bomb? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, Those scenes are brilliant. Oh. They they really are. And the, Lost and, is great. <laughs> Lost is great. Those those scenes are just absolutely remarkable. The bury the bomb scene, uh, that entire episode, and it, it makes me want to go back and revisit any episode with Horace Goodspeed in it because that yeah. character oh, is yeah. got to be a linchpin to so many different things. Right. The the cabin. Uh, the he appears in a dream to somebody. Uh, yeah. So something's going on there, and we still don't know who Jacob is or, no, or at all what the implications are there. You but, know what I don't know. 
what why the my hell wa- you're no, talking no. about? Why my wife stays with me now after listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. Uh, one other Egypt thing, too. Yes. No! <laughs> okay. When they visited Hurley at the uh, thing, he was drawing a sphinx. Yep. So, it's Egypt. Uh, Egyptian lover yeah, this season. All right, Derek, you can have your show back. What? Yes, I'll go back to the uh, island. We are we are approaching ninety minutes at this moment. Oh, well, Get we are, out of here, two parter. Saying that's all I got to say. That's good. Let's no Balsar Galactica. Let's go get. How about save it for next week? Yeah. You can talk about that next and week. Someday you're going to give me my challenge. Oh yes, was I? You, you said were I've got to a challenge him. for Rick. Oh know. crud! Now I don't remember what it was. Oh, the lost boo. challenge. Oh. I think the challenge was issued the last time I was here. Discover Lincoln's goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, On that note. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, yes, if you have any questions, comments, commentary, complaints, you know why my wife stays with me. Write to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Looking for a letter from the missus. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, if she made it this far. We, we lost her after five minutes. We're going to talk comics, click. Uh, so uh, write into editor fanboyplanet.com. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Planet. I'm Michael Goodson. Yay. I'm Lon Lopez. I'm Mario Anima. And I'm Rick Brutsnyder reminding you to once again... Use your powers only for Man with a dream. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Lukeski at www.lukeski.com. Okay, we're going to... Yeah, that's exactly. So let's oh, just go. Let's yeah, just talk, talk Marvel it. movies. And so we're just going to go kind of freeform tonight. Well, let's huh? freestyle it. Okay. Goodson's been waiting for this. Yeah, yeah. Whip it out. I got something to say. Yeah, great. Okay. Yeah. Put your headphones on so you can hear us. <coughs> we don't feel... right here. If we don't we whisper, feel like you you're part of us, unless you put on the headphones. It's a cookbook. You'll be one of us soon. I don't want to hear you. You will be a perfect Cyberman. Okay. Are you ready? Are we ready? Oh, can I had I had a funny start for this week's podcast. Okay. Could I start it like I'm announcing Thunderdome between you and uh, Derek? Oh, good. And then I'll be like, I'll be like, and then, I did sound facetious, didn't I? I mean, didn't oh, it? Totally. Yeah. Debbie yeah. laughed. She you didn't, did you hear this? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 She just came, she walked in right as I was going. She goes. What? <laughs> Are they totally? I think there's a video in the in the offing of the two of us. I have, no, I have a visual that I'll. When you do this, I've got a visual for you. Okay. All right. So basically, I'll set it up and I'll talk about Thunderdome, and then I'll do two men enter, one man leave, and then I'll keep repeating that, repeating that, like I'm coming out of my daydream, and then I want you to be all Lon, Lon, and I'll be all huh, and then you all start the show, and then I'll go. Oh, okay, okay, okay.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this extravagant event tonight. 